2: Log Talk Radio. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Scientific breakthroughs. Unveilings. Spiritual revelations. The openings. That's fine. Mm. Hijacking the mind. Aluminum bonds with intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. 13 indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement from the crypt, hitting blood rituals, 50 scores flying over Cala, on a vacation, flying dragons, swords and daggers, lions and tigers, gotta get my parents, or perish, tap into raw flesh, vampire, vegetarian, I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, Helen Kush, blue projects get pushed, move with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, it's a fixed Tuesday, another news day, North East West Southwest Not here to confuse the day, just to fuse the way uh, Another chistrafrice, Tuesday, Tuesday, Citroën Frick, Tuesday, another Newsday, North East, West, South
4: World happy superachieurs all have in common. They share eight specific mental thought models, and we'd like to share them with you. Hi, we're Mind Academy. And together with Louisa, which is a Hitler Therapist, we'd like to guide you to a rapid transformational fitness therapist experience. This free 30-minute session is designed to help you break through your life's single biggest challenge. One of the sources of your life's biggest frustration
2: right now is financial love, career, or health. A great
0: truth is what you
2: need and we
0: know just the right person
4: who Her is here. Come around yeah. Huh? Who is this?
1: Um, I'm uh I'm doing some <laughs> Thank you. Hello.
4: I thought he did it up well, for me.
1: Yeah, it's, in the, it's upstairs. Well, what's up?
4: Yeah,
1: but got I, I know Bryson's gonna do it. Call Bryson's phone Bryson's for right
4: me. Yeah,
1: he's sitting in there in the living room. She don't know that.
4: You, you call me? Bryson.
1: Christy, I'm in between this thing on the computer, man. God, damn it. Thank God. I'm so forgive
4: me, but the Lord.
1: Delay right there. Someone came in and was speaking. (laughs)
4: you <laughs>
0: Yeah, thanks, so scientific breakthroughs, unveilings, spiritual revelations, spiritual revelations, spiritual three sons with twelve things holding a serene mission. It makes a shift in a whole Pocket to the twelve whole soul third eye open. We keep the truth divine life. Conjust and do one yet shot. So the energy comes up
1: Gemini thing. I don't know. Give thanks, peace, and blessings to all that are participating and watching and viewing and whatnot. Uh, uh yeah, I had to I need a neti cup or something because uh the weather, the you know, we call them chemtrails and all of that, had me stopped up for a little minute a couple of days ago to fling You know, I'm not used to that music's exchange and I know know what it's about, it's a little bit of everything, you know what I'm saying, stress and all that other good stuff, but that's why meditation is, is a key in life. Peace, prosperity, protection, and good health to all. It is another Tips and Tricks Tuesday, and I am your host for this evening on First World Order Radio, um, Blackwater, the Metamagician. Elohi, Tapu El-Bay. Be sitting here. Tonight, and we're going to be discussing and building on um, meditation as my medication. So meditation being the only way I medicate myself, if you will. You know what I'm we're just having good fun. Good humor is good medication, too. You know, having a good time. Being with good people and good vibrations. We're going to talk about that a little bit. I haven't ate anything today. Got some orange juice and watermelon mixed right here. Have some, you know... Um, and some blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, watermelon, and grapes in here. I might be consuming a little bit in between time, and in the meantime, while um, with this vernacular, well, elevated vernacular correspondence, like I like to talk about, um, or while we, well, while we talk, you know, chop it up a little some. But we're gonna be building on tonight. We're gonna to be building on discuss, or discussing the why guru meditation, as well as uh, talk a little bit about the energy, energy, the effectiveness of energy, and also the vagus nerve. All right. But first and foremost, let me get my mouse right here. There we go. We're going to start out with um, to know, you know what I'm saying, knowledge is key yet is only partial to becoming who we are. So the doing, the action, you know what I'm saying, the activation of the conscious knowledge one learns is the imperative aspect in respect to accessing our true potential of manifestation. So using this um, type of mindful meditation science in life is the only way it's going to work. Basically, learning it, you know what I'm saying, or knowing it is one way of, uh, basically that would just be the fundamental or the the foundation. Yet, you have to build a house by putting bricks in there and continuously putting those pieces together with that mortar the cement. And that will, you know, pretty much make that house stay together. By fusing it with that light, if you will. So, knowing something is half about it, like I like to say, but you know, in essence, you got to keep it moving by, um, by doing something. So, the doing of, of the conscious information or the doing of applying or the applying of the conscious information or the knowledge is very important for us to um, access those realms of our true potential and our higher self or our higher potential, if you will, or our true self. I want to build a little bit on the actual Wahe Na Guru. I just performed it and demonstrated it inside of that meditation. Wahe nag Um it basically means Wajit Hey nag guru or Wa, he nag means emerald or green, He means infinite, Nag means wisdom or wise, I place intelligence there, and Haru means light, so it would read out the infinite emerald light of the intelligence, Wahi Naguru. The way one will perform it is by... And I'm going to bring in, bring in visual. Oh, Are you
4: want to
1: have some? Yeah, sure. Sure.
4: Sure. Okay.
1: Peace, prosperity, protection, and good health to all. You know what I mean? Peace, drill, straight passer. Work media in the eighth day, no doubt. The eighth day, that's peace right there. You know, the infinite day. All right, so how this begins? First, you know, we want to stretch in, stretch out. You know what I mean? Stretch up, stretch down. Uh, normally, I, I stand up. When I'm, I walk, I won't even. I just come in before I meditate. I always stretch down first, make sure I get loose, lower back. Then I come up, and I automatically sit back down wherever I'm standing at. And I begin to stretch. My first stretch is be like. Um, Stretching forward bend. So in this instance, this forward bend. Try to get as close to your knees as possible. You're right here. That's where you all breathe in and stretch. Breathe in and stretch deeper. If you can go towards your knees, grab your feet as close as possible. Breathe in, stretch Come up, stretch your shoulders by lifting your head back Bring your toes towards your shoulders and your head. Then you relax. I mean, it's a. I have a little t- right here, but you know, go this way, go that way. I'm not gonna go through all of them and open up. But uh, at any rate, get the legs real, the knees real uh, loose, and the muscles real loose. So you won't be tight inside the inside the posture of meditation. You know, get your toes right. What I'm doing is just bending my toes back towards me. There's a few more, I'm skipping through them, but these are good, uh, you can say, beginner and intermediate type stretches. This is one, I, I recommend this one if you can get to it, if you can just get one leg up or Indian style or one or easy pose where you got your foot on the ground, whatnot. Just go like this, whatever leg you have on top, go in the opposite direction. So the left leg, you're gonna go to your right. You bring your left hand over, go as deep as you can into your leg. If you're right here that's low, you know, just you wanna stretch that the hip. Get that hip, the hip flexor muscle real good. Also the back nerve, which is connected down through that too. But you wanna get really loose right here. You're gonna press you wanna pull in on this leg. Go to opposite direction. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Do that three, five, seven times. Switch legs. Like I said, it's a set. One day we'll go over meditation stretches. I call it good morning stretches. Good rising stretches. You know what I'm saying? You got the opposite hand on top of the leg, pulling towards the leg while the waist does not rest. All right, so stretching, before you even stretch your back yourself, you know what I'm saying, make sure you don't have nothing in your, in your um, intestinal tract, um, urinary, make sure you you, you know you piss and everything too, peace, peace. And um, also, uh, brush your face and, and wash your teeth, <laughs> but, uh, brush your teeth and wash your face. That's, you know, you, don't, you want your pores to be good and clean you know, wash wash up to you. It's sort of like evolution in Islam. But, you know, you're going to have to go through all those different phases. Just get your pores clean and the dirt off from the night before if you didn't take a shower prior to meditation in the morning or evening. Um, make sure you gargle out your mouth. Get those, um, like that, what they call it, thrush, the thrush, but it's basically candida, but it's organisms, bacteria, whatnot that might be in the mouth. Get that out. You don't want to meditate that back in, you know what I'm saying, as far as the deep breathing. Breathing in, breathing out. So evacuate, brush your face and wash your teeth. You know, brush your teeth and wash your face, clean your ears. You know, get to don't go. You know, get a neti cup and get your nose right too and all that stuff. <laughs> and get some candles and burn that wax out early morning. But uh, you know, make sure your your hygiene is good before you go and meditate. It's always uh, it's always better that way. You know what I mean? But if you gotta go in on the funky, because you just feeling like you gotta get that meditation in, and and that's what it is, and that's what it do. All right. Uh, but uh, first clean out, you know. Then when you go into the meditation, what I do, I bring in the energy. Place it in the sternum region, the heart region. Remember, these are the keys to the heart right here. So, uh, place, the thumbs, right there in the sternum. You can. Feel that you don't really have to touch it. You just, but after a while, you know, if you want to start there, touching it, you can. After a while, you just place it near the region, and I call it, I say it, this is what unlocks the heart, the heart energy, bring it in the energy of both realms, lower dantian, upper dantian, earth, heaven, however you want to see it, fire, water, bring it in. Oh, okay. That's what's up. Give me a great. Give me a great. Give me a great part. Mm-hmm. Don't eat while you're know. Don't, that don't go to <laughs> We're just run, we running through it right now. Like I said, I haven't eaten today. I, I knew it was going to meditate. So I drank some. I got some earlier. Not, not even here though. All right, so as you bring the energy in, you unlock the energy of the heart, bringing it from both rounds down into the heart region. Breathe in. This is the cycle breathing of the infinite breath. Breathe in, make the large, make your stomach enlarge, make your abdomen large like a beach ball, I say stomach, you know, stomach located right here. So make your abdomen large like a beach ball. Breathe out. Make the abdomen go towards the spine as close as possible. And without relaxing the stomach, bringing it back, Breathe in, and allow the abdomen to go even closer to the spine. This is cycle breathing. And then breathe out after six to eight seconds. Releasing the breath, allowing it to cessate, but don't really stop, don't stop. After you breathe out and you make the lower abdomen large, breathe in and make it larger. Then after six to eight seconds, breathe out. Remember, stay relaxed. When the abdomen gets towards the spine, and you breathe out all the breath, you breathe in again, allowing the stomach to go even closer towards the spine. This is a reverse breathing, and then breathe out. Relaxing the lower abdomen without stopping to breathe in. out so that stimulates the same type of energy that's gonna be going on with the white head. Now guru meditation is called bellows breathing basically. Uh bellows is like that that fan thing you have when you're trying to get the fire going. So you're going like this, air's coming out of it. So that's what you're doing with your stomach. This is a this is like the prerequisite right here. This gets you prepared for it without um, overstimulating or it, it, I like it because it's Start loosening up those different um, regions like the sacral region, the vagus nerve, and everything that's connected to all this right here. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. All right, then after, this, after that, we've done this a few times the cycle breathing. Then you come, what I, I do, this is me personally, I connect my thumb to my index finger, place it right here in my lap, the long type symbol. The long meditation, but it's not here. So this is the wisdom, wisdom um, mudra. This hand is going to, I'm going to put my index finger here. So this is going to stimulate the root chakra energy, fire energy, and this is going to stimulate the crown chakra and um, in the, in the first eye region, the first eye chakra, basically. Or the, um, the mirror and the second or tech as well, This that's a metonata, tech, tech and tech cat, three rounds right here, the base or the root chakra, the sacral region and the the, um, prostate. I mean, the the root chakra, the prostate, the um, testes or gonads and the ovaries and then the um, pancreas. so that's a uh, so tech, uh, tech and uh, techet. Tech. Now, so mer, the um, abhepia, sahim, uh, mer, as well. But to keep it simple, we're going to be <laughs> locating the energy in the prostate gland, thymus gland, heart region, and the parotid gland. So these three spots are going to be getting stimulated, as you can see: Thomas gland, prostate gland, pine gland. So now we're going to clear. When you clear. We want to clear first to get any excess mucus or whatever may be in there, so you will not have too much for blocking. So you breathe in, then breathe out as hard as you can, blowing out whatever's in there. Saw so I me mean, earlier. I had my towel. I knew that's why I came prepare I had my towel right there just in case. Because so I, I, I wanted to get it whatever it was that I had in there out of there. So we go in, you know what I'm saying, do it properly. Proper light, it's like that, you know what I'm saying? So get that side, then switch over to the right side, hope still holding the finger to, at the um, first eye region. Breathe in, and clear that side, right? Didn't much come out that time, get thanks. I've been swimming right, you know what I'm saying, I'm swimming out my nose. All right, so, um, so after you breathe in, after you breathe out that side, go back to, to just go out to the right side. Now you go back to the left, closing off the, the right nostril, you're going to breathe in here by the finger still at the mid eyebrow, and we are gonna initiate the chin lock. So the chin lock would be like, not all the way down like that, no, definitely not that like that, but you sort of like gonna be tilted, the chin is going to be slightly tilted towards the chest. All right, so these, these are Vandalas, so it's locks, but you're going to slightly tilt the chin um, towards the chest, but holding still here. So, and also you can imagine the string is attached to the center of your, your cranium, pulling up, elongating the spine at the same while while the chin slightly tough so don't slouch into the seat like this you might fall asleep you know so don't let the mid rift go down and sink in it also could put pressure on your pelvis and your hips and cause an issues later on so try to be relaxed but don't be so relaxed that you get um you go to slumber and then start going over there like this <laughs> Was I meditating or sleeping so it's, a, it's called conscious trance, and we'll talk about that in a second. So, you want to be conscious, yet in a slight trance, is why it's called meditation, middle between both realms, the spiritual or the intelligence, and the physical or the body. You know what I'm saying? So, it's a mind body thing, it's, a, it's an intent over force thing. So, you bring in, you're bridging in both realms, high and low, if you will, and, and uh, when that bridge is accessed, like Biff Frost, what we was talking about. We go into different realms of realization, self-realization. And that access while well, access and self-realization, we not only see ourselves, but we see ourselves in others. And it brings about a more harmonious type of reality, if you, really, you know what I'm saying? Balance, my you know what I mean, where all this chaos is taking place. When you bring in this meditation, you're not just set or honed in onto one phase of reality, which will be the linear phase and external things that we go through that bridge or bring in um, emotional exchanges that might not be positive or might not be what we are looking for, for that ultimate manifestation of our higher intentions or our elevated um, goals, you know what I'm saying, in life. So we will get into some of that too when we start speaking on the effectiveness of energy. All right, so after after we've done this, and we you know went to uh we're holding our fourth I right here index finger right here we're gonna breathe in through the left nostril as you breathe in through the left nostril for seven seconds remember chan lock. Now we're going to bring it to perineum, the root lot. So we bring it to perineum, the perineum that soft spot between the sexual or the procreation vessel and the evacuation canal, like I like to say. So in between that, the area is a soft little area. We're going to bring it up with the inhalation, the inhale. So we breathe in, bring it up. We're going to close off, and then we're going to start the walk head and knock the root. And the wah he not guru for beginners and intermediate, just do two, you know. So it'd be like why he not guru, why he not guru, why he not guru, why he not guru, why he not guru. So you'd be inhaling here, wah he not guru, why he not guru, why he not guru. All right, so black, like, why hey, not nah, guru, two. It'd be like two breaths or two chants. If you're more advanced, you break down each syllable, with why it hey, not nah, guru, or why, hey, not nah, guru. So like, why, hey, not nah, guru, four. And you wanna actually like do the centipede, like you don't remember when you break dancing, so do the centipede, but you wanna bring the stomach in and that worm-like effect, like, circle rising or the circle moving or the waves moving forward, you know what I'm saying? A lot of energy to go up and gyrate like that. So you got your nostrils closed off, both nostrils are closed off. Index finger is at the mid brow, right between the eyebrows, the mid brow. This finger, thumb, and index finger are connected. This stimulates the energy to go up towards the pineal gland by pressing in right here. Pressing on the side of your finger and down. you, you know anything about reflexology, but it connects to the pineal gland, the pituitary gland region. And breathe in, watch, hey, knock Watch, hey, not a room. Watch, hey, knock a room. While you, you're holding the breath, of bad. Over the breath, you breathe out the opposite nostril. So you go close, the thumb is holding down the right nostril. Now you're going to lift the thumb off of there, of course, and then breathe out. Breathe out, allow the lower abdomen to go towards the spine as close as possible. Then breathe. Then go relax there and breathe in through the right nostril. Allow the abdomen to go out like like a beach ball. You close off the right nostril with the right thumb. Then convince that. Watch it. Hey, not guru. 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 Then breathe out. Left nostril. And do what you don't do once again. This one more time. So breathe in. Large abdomen. Breathe in for seven seconds. Close off. Watch it. Hey. You can say it sub vocally or you can say it externally. So normally I just say it sub vocally. I say it to myself. Like so, and then breathe out. allowing their your abdomen to go towards the spine as close as possible. You can do that. Watch it, hey, not the root chant. Like, uh, as many times as you feel comfortable, me, I don't even count no more. I just do it until that side feels balanced. You know what I'm saying? It's all about balance. Sometimes left nostril might, or the left um, side, right brain, might need more, and the right brain or the left brain, right side, might need less, or, more, or vice versa. So I just go where the energy tells me. If I'm doing it, in, you know what I'm saying? in it's like, no, nah, do three more. So I'm like, do three more. Okay, three more. Okay. so I do three more pumps, then uh, exhale. But anyway, you know, go where you are if you want to you want to actually count, you know, as if you're beginning this meditation. This is an advanced meditation, this is a very advanced meditation, I'll let you know. Um, repetition, frequency, uh, or basically um uh, sticking to your guns, sticking to it is what it's called being assertive. Um, that is very important. Um, it is very important to uh, do these meditations. Whatever you're doing in life, with consistency. If it's on a higher vibration, that is, is most definitely, consistency builds the house. You know what I'm saying? You don't want, you know, I've seen people building a house and take them five years to build a three-bedroom house. I'm like, dang, they're not consistent to take them. Maybe find that financially, might be not enough workforce, but it's all in all, if one person was out there and was able to get the bricks and everything together to build that house, it wouldn't, shouldn't take that much time. But consistency, being consistent, you know, sticking to your guns, staying with it, you will see uh, effective change in your life, most definitely, you know what I'm saying? All the way through from internally through external. Um, so that's how that meditation runs from that point. And then after you've done this a few times, say, Five times, seven times, nine times—you know, just it's, each one. You got to do left and right. That's one round, so that's equal to one. You go left, go, go back. Once you breathe into the right, then breathe out to the left. That's one round. Then you go back. That's two rounds. Breathe into the left. Watch your head knock the Breathe out the right, breathe into the right. Watch your head knock the roof, breathe out the left. So that'd be three rounds. So you do both sides equals to one round. Do that four rounds, eight rounds, 12 rounds, 15 rounds. However you feel, just be comfortable with you, with yourself. The more you do it, the better you're going to feel. I mean, I'm going to go with how to watch your head knock the roof um, the benefits of it in a few minutes as well so after we've done that a few times you go into um i'm i have it up here written but i've done it so many times i really don't have to just make sure i don't leave anything out for you guys uh read, need, read, do, 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 yeah went through that already um uh, but so after you, we've gone through that that um process of of doing the whole um bellows breathing and the um opposite nostril breathing or often the nostril breathing. Um, We will then go to what is called the, the, well, it's going to be an actualizing breath and an acidic breath, but also um, the small tour. Small tour is 81 seconds. The grand tour is 108 seconds. So to, to initiate that, we'll be here first. And then we just bring our hand down and place right hand, our left hand over our right thumb and then in the lock like that and this is called still in the mind movement. again we're, we're stimulating tertiary region hypothalamus and the palm palm. so we're still in the mind hand comes down who's here it's real simple just grab the thumb and you know, place your fist inside your, um, your palm and just don't don't Hold it tight enough and just breathe in through your hand at this region, the belly button, the navel, make the stomach large like a beach ball here. And we're going to affix the color red to it like my uh, Dorothy ain't no place like home slippers here. And we, and we go, we're going to breathe in through the hand again. See the color red, allow the energy to go up the spine. From this region, it goes through this region and to the back, the main gene point, and then goes up the spine, circulates, just like in the small in the um, microcosmic orbit. And then when it gets here, breathe out. No, don't breathe out, my bad. When it gets out, I'm doing the microcosmic orbit, but you breathe into through the palms, hold it, see the color red, go up the spine, comes around, when it gets here, Breathe in, as it comes down, breathe in again, through the mouth twice, two sips. That's the alkalizing breath, the acidic breath is through the nose. See the color red coming up and around. When it gets here, breathe in twice more. This time, I fix the color black to it as it comes up the spine. And when it gets to the um, the base of the spine right here, you want to imagine it's coming out, of the bindu spot, right in the back of the head, or right here at the top. You want to imagine it coming out the soft spot or the bindu spot, which means black spot, black dot. And you come out with the energy going up, as in uh, a triangle. All right. So breathe in red first through the palms, holding the thumb. Goes up the spine, comes down color red, when it gets back to the navel region, release really the lower down to about an inch, an inch and a half below the belly button, you're going to breathe in twice more, <sighs> sipping, alkalizing breath through as it circles back up, you'll fix the color black to it coming up and then going out like a pyramid or upside well a V, you know what I'm saying? The inverted um, triangle is going out that way and you count 81 seconds while holding that initial breath from the first breath, then the second breath. Hold that for 81 seconds here or 180 if you want to go ahead to that point, but like I said, this is an advanced meditation. That's why it's, it's good if you can get in this position because you will be all over the place on the exhalation, might start jerking and whatnot throughout the, because you're stimulating the vagus nerve and that vagus uh, nerve stimulation um, causes, certain activities in the gastrointestinal tract as well as the thymus um, region going all the way up to the um, base of the spinal cord or the top of the spinal cord right here, the base of the, the brainstem. stem. Because the vagus where vagus basically means the wandering nerve, so it goes all the way through your body connecting all different types of nerves and, and stimulates a lot of different things in your, in your anatomy and physiology. We're getting sad in a second. So on that... That's when we 81 seconds counting while I was there. So it'll be one, two, three, four, five. It's not eighty-one seconds, really eighty-one counts. So is a little bit faster. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like seven, twelve, then you put it fifty-two. All the way up to eighty-one. When you get to eighty-one, you still everything's big like that. So you breathe out. And imagine the color green coming down by breathing out. And the color green is going penetrate and fuse through every cell, every molecule, every atom within your body. So see it, you turn turning green. You know what I'm saying? you you turned into give right here. I see it. So you just see that color green coming down. By going See it going from the cranium down into the eyes, everywhere. Just know it's going to the ears, the shoulders, going into the chest, going down into your sides, your abdomens, your ribs right here, your abdomens, going down into your legs. keep continuing to breathe out by holding this position here still in the mind. While the belly button, well, I mean, while the um, abdomen is going towards the spine, still breathing out. And then, you know, imagine it going down into your knees, calves, know it. Don't just imagine it, really just know it. Know what it we you're going to feel it. But see see the visualization here. This is where it starts. It starts in the mind. Everything starts here, and just be be um, accessible to that energy as it do as it does flow throughout you, and just know it and agree with it. And then when it gets here, relax. After the breath has been exhausted, or after you exhausted that, you know that a breath from the eighty-one second count, the two sips, and the initial acidic breath. So now you have red, black. Green, yeah, all right. So, all those colors mixed together. That's what you got the color of the rainbow right there. Basically, you are rainbow children, right? Something like that. I don't know, you know, they got not titles for everything here now, but it's all good. It's on a high vibration, like I said. So, access who you are, and then you know, you can leave the titles alone because that's it. Is. It is just words, words can't get mixed up sometimes, but live it, you know, be who you are, live it, <laughs> you know it. That's cool. Alright, so that's that's the rundown on the wajet Waje, wajet uh he nagaru meditation again that means the the infinite emerald light of the intelligence. Waje meaning um, emerald or green, um he meaning infinite, um naga meaning wise or intelligent, and haru meaning light. So the infinite green light of the intelligence, or the infinite emerald light of the intelligence. That the emerald light is coming down, green, you know, coming from the solar, well, cosmic solaric and photonic energy um, from the all, from, you know, basically the external melanin, if you will, dark energy, dark matter, that's you know, formulating a lot of things out here, as far as physically. But that's that unseen reality. It really doesn't have a on with language, like to talk about, but it forms language. All right. Um, I'll give thanks to the brother and sister uh, before we go and give thanks uh, to the uh, to King, Queen, the First World Order, Radio Dr. Aleem, and Kadira Aleem. L Bay out there, they're doing things thing somewhere, some more right now, probably or holding class tonight. I'm not sure, you know, but uh peace. We went seeing seen Indy I the other day. Whoa, I'm trying to tell you, it was nice. Queen seventeen, good thanks. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a special event. I really enjoyed the live version of uh of NDI That was nice, you know what I'm saying? Um thanks for that. That journey right there, that experience. All right. Thanks for um, allowing me to share. <laughs> all right. Peace, everyone. Um, all right. Where are we here? Um, Peace is everyone. Now, we're going to get into uh, some more of the elevated vernacular information. Um, this correspondence, what we're going to build on first is... Um, Our planet is the... Yeah, the Nauvoo, who we we're just building on. Uh, let me get started, I guess we already started, but okay, going to listen to something real quick, I'm going to put a playback on here real nice, uh, it's a doctor called Bruce Lipton, who is one of the pioneers of stem cell research, and, uh, actually he, Stepped down from stem cell research back in the 80s, due to uh, him realizing through his studies that um, what science was saying was fraudulent as far as the um, nucleus of the cell being the brains of the cell. When he found that out, he saw that it wasn't the nucleus that was actually uh, bringing about the intelligence of the cell. He saw there was other aspects that were being absorbed and obtained by the cellular membrane, and then. The nucleus was basically a labyrinth. If it was a holder of information, what the DNA is, a holder of information. Yet um, his colleagues didn't see it that way. They said he was a, a what they call him, a a or something like that, a doctor or whatever. But um, all in all, he went out he went on and started continuing studies of uh, the electron biologists or something like that. He, Deals with, he still deals with cellular, um, with st- studying the cellular information and everything. He just decided not to research stem cells in that manner. Yet still, um, like I said, he's one of the pioneers of stem cell research. Now he does other things. And this is one of them. I'm going to put this right here so we can all gather some of this information.
2: There's a force field, a force. And we can't go through that force. And atoms are miniature tornadoes. All atoms create waves. All of the waves together are the field. So we were made out of atoms, but we were also are the field. we are connected to everything because we can't separate waves. in medicine, we don't study anything is that chemicals they don't sell energy. But remember all atoms give off energy and all atoms absorb energy and when two energies interfere you can change the power from zero from destructive to increase the power of in they're The field, is the sole governing agency of the particle. And so that is the energy invisible visible fields shape matter. So your life, your physical life, is controlled by the field, and that's what Albert says. We see people as physical particles and machines, but that's no an illusion because what we are are interacting with. That's why. One person can affect another person just by being a human. Every cell in your body has a minus voltage on the inside and positive voltage on the outside. Every live cell is a battery. Every cell has about 1.4 volts. Not too much. 50 trillion cells in the body times 1.4 volts is seven hundred trillion volts of electricity in your body right now. And with training and meditation, you can focus this energy called Q, and you can use that energy for healing. I will show you the science of actually how the cells work, and you will have more knowledge than most doctors in the world today, because they still believe in the neuron doctrine that only well, neurons are involved with uh, functioning in, in the nervous system, it turns out that glial cells are as well. So now we're not dealing with ten percent of the brain; we're dealing with a hundred percent of the brain. Yes, you have access to a hundred percent of your brain all the time, but does that mean that we actually use the whole brain all the time? And the answer is no, because when we start that is when we start to live in patterns and in habits, that what happens is we just activate certain neuronal pathways that are habitual pathways. And as a result, these are the pathways that have preference in our everyday life. But if you can engage whole brain activity, you can enhance your consciousness and your awareness and your ability to control your life. So basically says that we can become whole brain when we start to think holistically instead of just playing recur over and over again and activate the same pathways. So the relevance is that once we start to engage in whole brain activity, we enhance our ability as humans on this planet. And now we're beginning to find out there are many different ways to engage and activate the whole brain. Some of them involve simple exercises such as something called Brain Gym. And Brain Gym is a very interesting exercise of the body and the nervous system integration in this way. My right hand is controlled by my left hemisphere. My left hand is controlled by my right hemisphere. But here's an interesting story. If my right hand, controlled by my left hemisphere, crosses the midline, then it simultaneously gets picked up by the other hemisphere because now it's in that territory as well. So when you cross your arms and when you cross your legs, what you're doing is causing the right and the left hemisphere to work together in harmony. When we are activating brain uh, synchronization, where right and left hemispheres are engaged together simultaneously, it activates something like superhero. With both hemispheres working together, we have much more superior characteristics of neural function. However, after age seven and eight, we start to express what is called brain dominance. Meaning, during the day, we don't have synchronization of both hemispheres. During the day, it's like a wave form. Sometimes we're more in the left hemisphere, sometimes we're more in the right, then it goes back to the left and back to the right. So that we're cycling through one hemisphere at a time. This is called brain dominance, where one hemisphere is dominant over the other hemisphere. Well, the relevance about that is, integrating our lives is very difficult in brain dominance, for a simple reason, as been suggested. Our left hemisphere is based on logic and details. Our right hemisphere is actually associated with emotions and wholeness. And this becomes very important because if you're only working with your left hemisphere, then all the logic things make sense, but there's no emotional component to it. And reverse, if you're in the right hemisphere, you get emotional and tied up, but the logic drops out. Well, this happens to us ever since the time we were eight, through our adult life. If you can get both hemispheres to be in sync, hemisync, sync, then you're engaging logic and emotions at the same time. That opens up a window for super learning opportunities, so you can download information very, very quickly very fast, but it also opens up a whole wide range of thinking that includes an emotional component as well as an intellectual component, which is necessary to fulfill the whole picture. So if you're operating from brain dominance, you're actually shutting off one component of your nervous system at that time. So if you do an exercise like brain gym where you're involved with crossing your arms and your legs, uh, when you do that, you start to integrate both. Very interestingly, when we have hemisync, we're much more calm, collected, and able to really uh, express neurological functions that are very fully supporting ourselves. And this is why it's very interesting when you go home and relax at night, Sometimes you find yourself with your ankles crossed over each other, just sitting in your chair. Without even knowing what you're doing, by crossing your ankles, you're actually engaging a whole brain process. So if you're stressed, for example, during the day, or you just want to relax when you go home at night, crossing your arms and legs actually engages both hemispheres, which calms the system down, but engages the whole brain process. So you become much more effective and you'll relax. So if you're having a tough moment during the day, just take a moment and cross your arms and legs, hold them together and just wait for about three or four minutes and you'll start to feel calmness overcome. And in this calmness, of your neurological functions will be totally enhanced. When we start to operate from patterns that are replayed every day, we start to express very specific pathways that are reused over and over and over again. And as a result, we actually shut down a large amount of functioning of the brain and just go through the habit, of patterns that replay themselves over and over again. So basically, what you really have to understand is this, we can use 100% of the brain, but if we play the same patterns over and over again, we don't need to use 100% of the brain. So, um, I'd just like to suggest that once you start to recognize that you can have a hemisync. You can get right and left hemispheres to engage together. And stay conscious. You are using 100% of your brain activity, And when you do that, you'll also find that your life is easier, more harmonious, and healthier. Because when you're using your full nervous system, it will support your life and enhance your growth. And this becomes important. So don't get stuck that I'm only using 10% of my brain. That story is false. You can use 100%. And it's available to us. And basically, all you have to understand this is stay conscious, stay mindful, and stop playing the same patterns over and over again because that opens up an opportunity to create new behavior when you stop playing the programs.
1: All right, good. Thanks. You know what I mean? Um. Again, that was Dr. Bruce Lipton there. And, um, Basically, we're going to start talking, we're going to build on the energy, the effectiveness of energy, how it can uh, alter energy, you know what I'm saying, your, your energy inside your the inner self, the inner qualities of your G, standing on your square properly by basically navigating through this matrix without allowing the emotions or the energy emotions, the behavior and the patterns to be engulfed or oversubstantially controlling. Don't let that be the administrator. Don't let the physical, don't allow the physical reality or the things that our senses are picking up on, uh, don't allow those uh, objectives or the objective reality to become the officiating source. Remember, everything's interconnected. So whatever's going on outside of us was created by, or connect, is connected and is formulated by the same energy. So it's not as powerful or as low in power as you are. It is you. So don't let that officiate who you are or be the administrator, because you are the one that, we are the ones that is, are actually bringing forth these things by way of the, in the connection of all uh, activities. So the effectiveness of energy we're going to build on basically somebody might ask uh, what happens to energy when, when waves meet, right? So what happens to energy when waves meet? Good question. I would think, you know, um, these energy waves, when they're, they're everywhere. You know, it's all through. You might not be able to activate it with your, with our physical apparatus of, of our eyes and whatnot. The optic nerves might not see it in that way. But at times, it really glimpse right, you'll see that that gassy type ghostly movement. And if you at the right time of the day, sometimes I mean, I could go outside when it's sunny. I look up peripherally, not really like staring straight linear peripherally and like almost to 45 degree angles going up you can see the energy moving in like a dark type of essence flowing through um, the atmosphere coming down and up and left and right it ain't like it's just going in one uh, space of time it's just all around and absorbed and permeating everything but this energy um when you when they interact and fuse together it forms what is called um, interference patterns in physics. So this interference pattern is when two energies collide, basically. They also call it collapsing wave functions in quantum physics. But basically, with this interference pattern um, forms more energy and creates a uh, fluctuation. So, For instance, if, uh, you know, like when you had a pond or something, you you drop two pebbles into the body of water, into the pond at the same time, and the pebbles weigh the same or they the same size, and you drop them from the same height, what happens is you get a ripple effect from the two rocks or the two uh, stones. And what that's going to bring about is... Hold on, I'm trying to get a picture up. Is a frequency of vibration, you know what I'm saying? And when those things come together, what happens is it brings about a more powerful representation of their energy, emotion. So when you're dropping two stones of the same size from the same distance into water, it causes two ripples to form. And when those ripples form, what happens is it creates more power between those two adjoining ripples or those two energies meeting together. And that's called constructive interference. On the other hand, if I drop two stones or two pebbles of the same size and and from the same height at different times, one rock will have in a form of ripple that's going up while the other one will form a ripple that's going down. And this causes both of those ripples to like just blank out and cancel each other out. You you done it before probably like when you skip in the rock on the water and it don't make no ripples cause it ain't bouncing right on the water. But when you skip it right it make three, four, five, but drop two stones down at the same time, it'll cause two ripples to form and they'll both connect. And then it'll form other ripples and more power. But if you drop them at different times, it's going one's gonna to go to the bottom, one is going to splash up. And they just cancel each other out. You won't see no ripples. You won't see any power connecting connecting us. And that's destructive interference. So constructive interference can be deemed it, it can be equal to good vibrations. You know what I'm saying? Like when we uh when we out with our friends and we're going we're going driving around and riding, cruising, whatnot. And we're going out to eat, going to the movies, roller skating, whatever it is. We're doing with so people that we are in harmony with. It makes us feel better. and makes us feel powerful. Destructive interference is is equal to bad vibes, and that's when we we feel conflicting energy, and the energy is being depleted. Something's like a vampire's in in our presence, and it's just taking our energy. It's not building. It's not expressing any type of harmony, you know. some of balance. It's not, uh, you know, give take. It's just take take take. Or it might be just over giving. It, it can be either way, either way. So that would be um, equivalent to destructive energy. All right, so throughout our life, all of us have experienced these type of events every day just about, and we've been taught by parents or by friends or society to not go with that gut feeling of, of how the energy feels to us and not to listen to what someone has to say about, you know, I mean, basically, to not listen to our feelings and then listen to what that person has to say inside of whatever um, may be going on. If it's a conflict or if something is just something it's just an issue, it might not be like conflicting or, or even uh, something that's uh, detrimental or worsening. It just might just be a conversation. But when we feel a certain way about something, we've been told to suppress it and not to jump to the conclusions and hear the person out. But the negative side to that is that that internal dialogue or that overthinking and not just going first off, best off, what happens is it can actually block the true feeling of our essence or the, the, it, it can block the true feeling of the signal from the frequency or vibration that's attempting to broadcast higher information towards us. You know what I'm saying? From that, that universal or cosmic solaric um, galactic all the way down. Well, every will cosmic galactic solaric all the way to the photonic molecular um, or photonic atomic molecular uh, cellular into our think tank, you know what I'm saying? Or into the vibrations of, of mind. You know, say all is mine, but sometimes we have blockages to due to, again, that overthinking and that language, that dialogue we have in our head, that sometimes it, it cuts us it short. We, we talk ourselves out of something. Sometimes we talk ourselves into something, good or bad. You know what I mean? But basically, that vibration that's taking place and, and receiving that signal from the essence, when that vibration receives that or that signal from the frequency or the vibration is blocked or it's like that... that uh, that long wave form is formed, is formed, and the um that standing wave or whatnot, what they call it within the atom, it has the, the potential of taking uh extra low frequencies or high frequencies. You know, what I'm saying when that high frequency comes through, it's going to be on that long wave. A short wave has that had the tendency to be more attached to extra low frequencies but when the extra low frequency is flowing through there it is real jarring and and deep and you can't even hear some of the information but basically it blocks out a lot of the the truth of our essence and the emotions start to interplay with it because we're not getting access to the hundred percent so that vibration can alter our reality internally and or externally since we're made of the same things that formulate the all or formulate everything in existence, basically, which we we could say is uh the atom, and that since we are everything, which is and basically uh, I think our, Dr. Lipton said, uh doctor. Lipton has said he said uh Albert Einstein stated that the field. Is the sole governing agent of matter. So the field is represented, It could represent um, noon or the primordial waters that we speak about in an in esoteric sense or whatnot. Metanetza uh, in that whole storyline right there. But that's the field is like the it's the roots of the tree. You know what I'm saying? When the roots of the tree are growing and going up and outward. You see good health and and prosperity, basically. You see fruition. We see um, something coming off that that limb and that stem, and then we have life, you know what I mean? When it's not going properly, we see a morbid, dilapidated tree that's going out and not up towards, you know, reaching towards its uh, goals. You know what I'm saying? But um, everything is interconnected. So basically, since atoms are connected to everything, then in truth, we are connected to everything. You know what I'm saying? So that's who you are. We are everything. Everything is you. You know. So we just look at it like this. Um, Taking consideration, I bring this up a little while, every once in a while. We, we look in the mirror and we see one person. We see ourselves in the mirror. But in retrospect, that one entity really is a community of 50 to 76 trillion cells that have duplicated over and over and formed that complete human body. So the the mind or the thoughts, those frequencies and vibrations, that signal that comes through or that the essence is the actual governing force that controls all of those cells. And within those cells, or within the body is also like over 150,000 different proteins that actually assist in forming the physical structures and also some of the functions, but forming the physical structure of what we call the body by way of of bones, ligaments, muscles, skin, and all that. So there's 150,000 different proteins. The main inducer of energy to formulate the protein is a signal. So we go back to that signal, that vibration, that frequency. So this signal can come from a drug like aspirin, or it can come from hormones, you know what I'm saying, that are forming in the body, like feel good hormones, dopamine or something. Or it can come from a vibration of a wave that's good or bad, like the destructive interference or the constructive interference. So when the signal binds, to that protein, it begins to to do that do that dance, do the little dance, starts moving. And then it begins to formulate with that energy and motion the behavioral pattern of whatever part of the body that the protein is moved to and is becoming one with. So knowing that we are made of proteins, of course, it can be interpreted that the energy that's controlling the protein, or that vibration or frequency that um, is controlling the protein can be viewed as the vital force, or what some people might call the essence, some people might call God. You know what I'm saying? But that essence, like it says right here, exists within you so tune in, tap in, don't tap out, you know all right so when someone is uh like a disease state mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually um the disease state or uneasy state is caused or is directed from bad protein or a bad signal. Whatever the case, um, how did it get to that, that point? What is causing or forming a bad signal or what has made or initiated a negative state within the protein is really only three ways that a signal can be affected and those three ways is, is basically the first one is a traumatic event like uh, a car accident uh, seeing a, a loved one get um, murdered falling down some steps uh uh breaking a, a finger you know, whatever it may be, you know, somebody took all of my cookies out the cookie jar. <laughs> I don't know, some people go go in, but basically um a traumatic event, you know what I'm saying, could alter the signal and then affect the actual processing of that protein to where it's is formulating a healthy environment. All right. The second would be toxins. You know, so by placing toxins into the body, it can also alter the signal or create a faulty or weak signal. And you know, there's a lot of toxins out there, there's toxins in the air, you know, like I was saying earlier, chemtrails and uh aerosol, you know, whatever we're gonna call it, you know, basically that aluminum sulfates and uh barium sulphates and all that other extra feces and things that whatever they're putting them chemtrails can affect us, you know, so deep breathing exercise and things like that of such can really help purge out those toxins over time. The third one is um and this is the most powerful, is the mind, it's our thoughts, you know, so our thoughts can leave us victim, if you will. Because we are attached to something that may not be necessarily true. It says right here, the spirit of the individual is determined by his dominating thought habits. So whatever thoughts that we have that are, are like I said, dominating can cause the energy to be conflicting. If, especially if they're unhealthy thoughts and, and then in turn, it will re relate to, it will go into or be received by the cells, the signal will be received by the proteins rather as um, faulty because it's, a, it's not, if it's, especially if it's a dominating negative thought habit and it relates to a pattern of negativity and we normally stay in that realm for a while. And when we're dealing with, when we're speaking on the brain, which is basically atoms, molecules, cells, you know what I'm saying? And we're speaking on this physical reality, those are all interconnected. So the reality gives off energy, you know, basically, that's the same way as the brain. The reality gives off energy and receives energy. That's the same way. Or this in retrospect is equivalent to what goes on with the protein as well as the cell so it's taking in energy and giving off energy by way of that signal the signal interconnects everything and brings about harmony or disharmony so if someone asks um why they can't control certain aspects of their life it may be due to a faulty signal or weak signal on the internal or external environment. Again, epigenetics, epi means away from the cell or beyond the cell. So, epigenetics is based on something that's not going on in the cell, your environment per se, yet it affects the cell. So, that's the external reality. And that epigenetics say, states that 80% of our reality is based on the external world, not from heredity, not from the internal genetic pool. So the brain's main function is to receive and perceive these signals from the external reality as well as the internal, then interpret them and send them to the cell to where the cell basically will be fed um, that signal and then it controls the behavior and the genetics of the cell. And that's that vital force. It could be God or it could be devil. It could be good. It could be bad. You know, but that force brings about life. And that life could be a, a dark life or whatever, or a light life. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But there should be a harmony within that, you know what I'm saying? As far as the parasympathetic nervous system is concerned and the sympathetic nervous system. We'll get into that, too. But basically, the brain main function is perception. So when our perceptions are derived from um the external reality based and it's based on that for uh in abundance then we have um we have what we have today but what are what are our perceptions derived from i mean when we think about it genetics is the first thing because of uh, what we learn is not really, I mean, as far as genetics is concerned, genetics is is already in it, it's innate, it's it's inherited. So it's instinctively known, like uh, how to swim, you know, baby knows how to swim, or knowing that uh, ice is cold, or you know, snow is cold, or something like that, The water is wet, you know, fire is hot. Those are instinctive um, attributes that's within our genetics, you know, all, every animal if I say humans, but everything on the planet Earth that is animated in that sense knows that certain things in those qualities within the elementals, within the, within the elemental nature or environmental nature. Remember, we've got cosmic nature, uh, elemental nature, um, animal nature, um, ancestral nature, and human nature. Those are the five realms of nature that we exist in and performing each day so when we're a baby we know how to swim but and, and certain things like that but when we get older like 2, 3 years old automatically 4 years old somewhere around there definitely sometimes after 8, 6, between 6 and 8 we don't know how to swim no more you know? and why so because the second aspect of how we perceive things First, genetics. The second aspect would be the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is programmed by a learned behavior, and learned habits. So, like, if I if I don't like liver, it might be because I see my sister, she ain't like liver, or somebody like, "Ooh, give it to the dog." You know what I'm saying? So now I don't like liver because I learned that from a friend or, or my family member. Same thing with swimming. You know, we forget how to swim because of learned behavior. So mom or the dad or whatever, every time the little baby got near water, they get petrified and be like, oh, no, the baby next to the pool. Or, or watch the baby, you know, is, is at the toilet, you know. <laughs> watch the baby, you know, is in the sink by itself on the ground. He in the sink or she in the sink. But uh, that impression was left in the subconscious of that, that baby that, or that toddler. So every time they see water when they get older, they might not consciously remind themselves of that incident because we're not really conscious at that moment. We're, from zero to six, we live in a subconscious state, semi-conscious from 14 and up. Most people in this reality only use um, 95, well, 95% of our day-to-day activities is based on subconscious habits. You know what I'm saying? Not conscious habits, and that's a majority of people in this reality right now. They're semi-conscious zombies, and they live off of the emotion of yesterday, the energy emotions that already happened. In, in, well, you in, uh, know, going against uh, forming new realities and living in a conscious type of scenario where we see what was going on yesterday, and we know that it was fixated on a something that's in the other past, that already happened, but we stay in that you know, instead of moving on with uh, positivity, we, we tend to uh, dwell on certain things that might not be something to think about all the time like that, you know, to give thanks at any great for every experience, you know. All right, so um, the subconscious mind is the, the programmed mind by way of um, those learned behaviors are likes, dislikes, and um, dis, um, dis, uh, what we call non-attachments or de-attachments, certain things, or disassociations, rather. I, I don't even care about it. You know, that's to be disassociated from it. It's either it is or it ain't, you know. I can, live with it, I can live without it. The third aspect of our perceptions is based on the conscious mind. The conscious mind is structured by creative programming, and actually has the ability to rewrite the experiences of our life that's been programmed by the subconscious mind. So, like if someone is uh, got diabetes running in the family, with high blood pressure, y'all hear the story, you know, everybody they go to the doctor, the doctor asks, what what type of uh, you know illnesses. Or, or in your family, and you write it down on a piece of paper and all that. and Then they go check your blood pressure, and they be like, "Well, you, you uh, you know, you you had a probability of a high chance of getting high blood pressure, or diabetes, or this type of cancer, or something like that. You know, because it runs in your family. That's not true. That's as soon as the doctor says that, we we go. A lot of people go on that tangent. Oh, well, oh, no. Oh, no, I'm gonna die. You know what I'm saying? So that that thought right there alone, in that. So from the subconscious information that has been, you know, learned over time comes up to, from the roots of that, you know, of that signal from the doctor feeding us this false information because I don't know, because the unknown unknowingness unknowing and their compartmentalization or whatever, they might want that pharmaceutical check. But whatever the case may be, the information and that signal, that vibration, you know, vibration, frequency, sound, goes in persona and builds that personality through sound, persona. So when that takes place, what happens is that cause and effect type of scenario where we automatically go into that stupor, into that cycle of disbelief and disharmony, and we start to automatically start dying, you know what I'm saying? Because we are not using the conscious mind, we're using semi-conscious information, or we're in that semi-conscious state, or semi-conscious trance, to where we are believing something that may not necessarily be true false experiences of false evidence appearing real i'm coming right back to you hold up. Uh, so in that semi-conscious trance state the hypnotized state we are sinking we are falling remember that movie uh, Get Out and they they hypnotized the brother you know what I'm saying and um, he would go into the 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 sunken place you know what I mean or whatever and in that reality you could see what was going on If if you pay attention he went to um, basically the upper realms of his, or the upper room, he went to the mind, into the hypothalamus region, the hippocampus region and everything with the, with the, uh, locus corellus and everything is located and all that, the brainstem. Yet, what we ought to do is, is understand what trance is and what it can, it can be or what it does in order for us to rise again, like the picture says. So that the semi-conscious trance versus the conscious trance, you know, meditation ain't always what you think. Like I said, meditation ain't what you think. So some people have have been, you know, I I mean, I, I do meditate for health purposes, but I always, reflect on um, and have um, consciousness or awareness of all realms of, of uh, meditation. It's not just basically, it's not just about the physical side or health. You know what I'm saying? It's also a spiritual side too. And so the connection um, of the cosmic nature, like I was speaking on, and then going down, trickling or beautifying and connecting with the, um, Elemental nature, you know, fire, air, water, earth, cosmic nature being, again, the planets, stars, solar system, all that. And then from cosmic to elemental fire, air, water, earth, to animal nature, where the animals roam around, and then into, uh, to ancestral nature, to our genetics, after it's coming from those three different other aspects into the fourth of genetics, ancestral information, ancestral nature, and then to us, human nature. Not in the actions and our interactions and connectivity by way of all those different five phases, right there, brings about a harmonious exchange of energy. And that's when we can see those things, we, we actually can rise again. You know what I'm saying? So the word trance means to cross over, comes from trans here, Latin. Um, The trance, to cross over, right? The main feature is semi-conscious between sleeping and waking. All right, that's trance, but a conscious trance. You know, that's what the ancestral meaning of meditation was. It was somewhat like contemplation and meditation at the same time. So we contemplated on different aspects of nature, like the cosmic nature, uh, be it um, uh Saba being a star, you know it might be Sirius or whatever we call it as Osar. But then it went from cosmic to Osar, which would also represent the Godhead head or Osir Arisha. But Arisha means Rish, head and O or to originate from the head to start and initiate from the mind. So, we would go from the cosmic nature all the way from that star, that, that uh, Seba, into the Gel, the Earth, or the human. But in between that realm would be fire, air, and water. So you have Shu you know, representing um, breath for air. And also you have uh, uh, Tefnut um, representing representing um, water and fire. And, you know, different aspects of the elementals. But then after it goes from there, you go into the animal realm, where we have Haru representing the hawk, you know, or uh, um, Sebek representing the alligator, or Ampu representing the, um, the jackal. So that, in a connection from the cosmic, a star, you know, and in, in knowing that placement of that star and the energy coming through, then... Going into the elementals, the fire, air, water, earth, whatever, you know, minerals, different things. Going into the um, the animal nature of how this animal interacts and the attributes or the personality of the animal. Then flowing over into the um, ancestral nature, where all those things are con- con, uh, are being connected by way of um, DNA.
4: Right, so let me here
1: we go. Here we go. All right, uh, and this is ancestral. So this is I mean this is ancient. It ain't just happened yesterday or tomorrow. T- no it has been going on infinitely. Infinite. Like to talk about. So the, the infinite green, infinite emerald light of the intelligence, you know what I'm saying? Flowing through is that green, you know, so you see the, the DNA strand right there and then you see all these different other duplications of DNA. The staff of Hermes or Tahuti, you know what I'm saying? The medicinal staff as well. The two in- snakes going up and meeting at the top. Um, you know, this, that's what's happening here inside of that YJ heading out the green meditation. Those two energies going up and when they meet, they spiral out. And they that's what that whole um inverted V is right there when they spiral out. And then the energy coming back down is settling back into the physical from that cosmic realm, coming back into the green, you know what I'm saying, and it brings about that harmonious exchange, that bridge in in the connection. Like I said, this is a very advanced meditation, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Take your time with it. We're going to go over it again before closing out. But, uh, take your time with this meditation. Don't try to overdo it. Or just do it. You know what I mean? For real, for real. Don't don't burn out, though. Um, We're going to talk in a second about that with different, um, Matter of fact, I think we could, we're going to get into it. different ways of uh, training the mind and bringing that into bringing those energies into fruition. Hold up. Wait a minute. And this is training right here to put... Raw to put things, train, you know, delay, that's why I couldn't find a good one, but basically train means to um, practice or to participate in a certain activity and, and bring whatever it is to the table, to diligence and assertiveness. so why guru again we're gonna go over that word why guru is uh, Sanskrit and this is why which guru was wrote on a temple over in India that's what the word looks like there why hey guru why guru wH W-A-H-E-G-U-R-U. When I first started practicing um, this meditation, Whitehead Guru meditation, is similar. So like I said, this was gifted from the ancestors, the Wajate Naku. You know, meditation was gifted from the ancestors. I, I just came down one day. I was doing this. I was doing a Whitehead Guru meditation, which they say is the most powerful meditation on planet Earth. So... I was doing a meditation, which is similar, like I said. You breathe in and you just, and you both hands are down and just do the pumps. Wah, hey, guru, 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 wah, hey, And, uh, you know, same thing, but wah, hey, guru, w a h e g u r u, wah, hey, W-A-H-E means wonderful or all sparring. And the Waheguru is, a, is like the name that uh, depths, or the name of, of these disciples of Sikh religion like Brahmanism and, uh, or Hinduism and all these different religions over there. That's the name of one of their deities of God, Waheguru. Wahe again, means wonderful and Guru um, means enlightened. one. But basically, Guru means dark attachment, or dark gooey substance that attaches and Ru means a liberating ray of light or ray of light so that wahe guru means a wonderful dark light. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So this wonderful dark light is none of in my perception. I don't know, you know it's my perception but you know I ain't gonna say I could be wrong, but it is what it is. Where is it? <laughs> but basically, oh
0: yeah. You you
1: you get it. You got it. You get it. Where's is that? Is that it? I can't see from here. <laughs> Got on glass, but I can't see from here. Okay, there it is. No, 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 no. no. That's energy right now. Oh, yeah, there it is. Bam. Do you got melon? Got milk? No melanin. Bam. Dark gooey. Or um the wonderful dark light. Waheguru. Guru and we're speaking of um hey, Naguru budget, right here, we'll get this off here. All right, budget, you know, budget is also like the hotcakes or the measuring tool. You know, it has different aspects. you got the six sisters right here. Smell, that's the nose right there, the tip. You have sight, that's the circle, so you have one half, one fourth, the eye, one eighth, thought, that eyebrow right there, one sixteenth would be hearing. Hearing is placed right here behind the eye, that's the ear. Then you have taste, that's the tongue right here, also symbolic of the of the Manula Amagada. Then you have touch, that's a leg right here. So you have all these different aspects, one, two, three, four, five, six, six senses. No thought being a higher sense, but you have one half, one fourth, um, one eighth, going into the thought, one sixteenth, right here, with the hearing, one thirty-two, going into taste, and then to make it a whole, one sixty-three, rounds it off to one sixty-fourth, one six Makes it a whole one in measuring. And basically, the our horse or wajit as it was called, or is called, also was a uh, symbol for protection. So that wajits, when we saying watch, hey, not the roof, know that you protected. You know what I mean? Peace, prosperity, protection, and good health. You know what I mean? Peace, prosperity, protection, and good health, and the greater good of all. So, this is a measuring tool, right? Again, that they used to measure grain with, different things like that back in the day, you know, with by mathematics, you know, using this eye, right? The eye of yeah, thanks. All right, so. Bellows breathing again is when a bellows is like a device that has is like an airbag on it and it emits this big gust of wind or air to fire for for purposes of like um, bringing about um, cooling off iron when like an iron work I was called an iron works, uh, what's called or whatever would be bringing about, or methodology, and things like anyway, but be cooling off the iron with that, or heating the flame with it, to make the flame, you know, be more more impactful in the process of, of making that that sword. Uh, Good thanks, um, Drew Isis. Good thanks for your patronage. Much love to you, peace, prosperity, protection, and good health. Good thanks. Good thanks to all. You know what I'm saying? Peace, love and light. Francis L Bahim um, L peace. Peace. Um. So watch it henaguru. Is it is I'm gonna speak about it in a few minutes, but it's one of the main meditation forms of watch the it is um, the Meta again It means the infinite Emerald Light of the intelligence in the material. Waisatai uh, can be defined as um, the calling power that rises to the top and unites both sides. And that is depicted in different symbols. Of course, we've seen some tonight. You know, but that is Semitwai. There's Semitwai, the union of two lands. So of course, Semitwai or Twai means two lands. Semi means unification. All right. So the calling power that rises to the top, Wasita power. wat. Was, it rises. Shita, The certain energy that rises to the top. True indeed. All right, so in retrospect, or in, in light of that right there, we're going to speak about, I'm going to build with you on this um sphaggis nerve here. So as you can see, the sphaggis nerve rises to the top. and connects both sides like the sacral region, sacral nerves, the if you will, rise to the top and, and connects both sides. And the vagus nerve is very important uh, nerve in the physical body. It's the 10th nerve, 10th cranial nerve, the vagus the, the X. This vagus, this 10th nerve is 10th, um, or the vagus nerve, the wandering nerve, it helps with inflammatory responses and it also has a, it plays a very central role in development of um, and persistence of many diseases to lead to debilitating chronic pain. Inflammatory responses play a central role in the development and persistence of many diseases and can lead to debilitating chronic pain. So I glad to say that again. So in many cases, Inflammation is your body's way of saying that we stress. What scientists find out when we reduce the stress or that fight or flight sympathetic nervous system response, the nervous system will actually, basically, it will reduce the inflammation because lower it lowers biological other biological stresses. You know what I'm saying? Because one thing, if the brain is stressed from the external environment, given the wrong signals, like fear, false evidence appearing real, then what happens to the physical body, it creates biological markers or the signal becomes behavioral patterns that increases stress, that basically increases inflammation or inflammatory response. So we can reduce the inflammatory response you know, biological markers will be um, rewritten again by a conscious mind doing certain activities, exercises or exercises, if you will, and those stressors can be reduced or inflammation can be reduced. So doctors might prescribe medicines and to to try to defeat those inflammation, but that doesn't really is placebo drugs, you know what I'm saying? The science, the doctors know this, there's also something called placebo. Placebo means it's negative thoughts or negative energy. Placebo basically means it's a positive thought. So if you give a person a placebo drug in those type of controlled experience experiments, they give them this placebo drug or medicine, and they say it's going to heal them, then that thought of the pill healing them heals them. And they say it's like 70 to 80, 90% of all, of all healings, even surgery, it has the placebo effect attached to it. You know, so they prescribe all these fake pills and there ain't nothing going on with the healing them if the person is healed. You know what I'm saying? But it's really just the thought. It's the mind that's doing all the healing. This is the vagus nerve here uh yeah, the visualization up there and bring up another one. So when they prescribe all this medicine, it doesn't really combat the inflammation it basically makes it worse because it's another stress mark or another biological stress mark that brings about other thing activities in the body because now is causing the other parts of the body to have to. It's overtaxing it, so the other part of the body trying to pay off them loans is getting from you know the other organs, and it ain't happening. Is is you know basically this is just the physical side of it. So when that happens, we we tend to get worse sometimes. You know what I mean? But so evidence has shown that another way to combat that information is by engaging into the baggage nerve, which improves what they call um, vaginal tone. You know what I'm saying? So vaginal tone is when we exercise that muscle consciously or that nerve consciously. And this can be done by yoga, meditation, Tai Chi, qigong, it's deep breathing exercises that initiates and turns on the parasympathetic nervous system and what we call the relaxation response now, you know? So this um, actually will help extreme cases of inflammation in the body, or even um, rheumatoid arthritis and other things that may be occurring, like in the gastrointestinal tract, like a leaky bowel or um, uh, different things, like gastro, gastro, what's it called, GI or GERD. So the vagus nerve is again is called the wondering nerve because it starts at the it starts at the cerebellum right there at the brainstem and then goes all the way through the body you know, the organs and to the lowest part of the body which would be right there at the base chakra. It touches the heart and goes through all the organs and vagus again means wandering, or uh, in Latin. So the wandering nerve, the vagus nerve, this um vagus nerve or the the X nerve is like a tranquilizer because it it has what is called acetylcholine, one of the first neurotransmitters. Were well, actually the first neurotransmitter identified by scientists back in the 1900s, early 1900s. So. When we take those those deep breaths with long exhalations, like that long And then you see we're pumping in. When we pump pumping in that lower abdomen, that's affecting the vagus nerve each time. Because it's connected to the abdominal region as well. And then it's connected to the diaphragm. Then it's connected to the thymus gland, the heart region. The parathyroid thyroid gland going all the way to the brain stem. So it's triggering all those different organs as well as the breath is getting in there and getting into the heart and allowing the oxygen to go to the cells to stimulate the vagus nerve in that manner too because it connects to the lungs and the heart. The vagus nerve is actually the main component of the parasympathetic nervous system, you know, so the parasympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest regulator, and it, it helps with uh, bringing homeostasis to the fight or flight or the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response. So we don't have the rest and digest going on and uh, tend to be friend responses going on, then we'll always be on fight or flight. And that's if I notice a lot of people can't get sleep or and they're tired through the day because they are their responses are based on um, frustration or in the emotional side, but um, they're always alert and you know, on you know on on go because um, of that mechanism of the fight or flight, even when we go to sleep at night. I remember one of my one of my things I like to do is be in a dark room with nothing on, nothing to plugged up, no 60 hertz, because the 60 hertz generates the active state or the alert state, whereas I need to be resting at, you know, from 11 to 6 in the morning, allow that melatonin the parasympathetic nervous system, the vagus nerve, to be able to get that rest and digest, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to be digesting while I'm moving around in the fight or flight. You got to sit down somewhere, you know, or lay down and then wake up. Like, if you like, if you're anything like me, it's ritualistic. Every morning, 5, 5 30, in between 4.30 and 6 o'clock, I'm evacuating myself every day. It's like, that. I mean, I do take supplements like um, digestive enzymes. When I eat, I eat once a day, incremented fasting. So that once a day, and that enzyme, it, it gets all that the juices flowing, and then meditation and Tachi and all the other things that we may have access to to alleviate the toxins in the body and keep the mind uh, healthy, you know what I'm saying, to where you know, it ain't just me talking about this stuff or anything, it's actually living it and uh, seeing the through the experience, the results, you know what I mean, and I get thanks for that to the ancestors for bringing this stuff to the table, so this this, uh, going back to information on the vagus nerve, um, a healthy vaginal tone, like I was speaking on earlier, is linked to positive emotions, whereas unhealthy vaginal tone, you know, is is linked to negative emotions. And, um, you can see that in a lot of people, it, we might not know is it's due to that, but depression, um, Anxiety, because of that stress, you know, being introduced on a day to day, it depletes the the strength or the integrity of the vagal tone. And when that happens, well, basically, as a healthy vagal tone, you can tell because it slightly increases your heart rate when we inhale, and it decreases the heart rate when we exhale. So when we deep diaphragm do deep diaphragm breathing, conscious breathing with that long, slow exhale, like at the end of the watch it hitting out the roof, that long, slow exhale, it really taps into and stimulates that vagus nerve and slowing the heart rate and blood pressure, especially in times of when you when we do that, like if, you, if you're like out and you're running, if you notice you take that deep breath and then you breathe out real long, it really brings about a balance right there because it slows the heart rate and the blood pressure when we have that um, performance anxiety or exercise anxiety and it won't stress the the um, the body too much when we take that deep breath then slowly exhale it. So the higher vasotone is is um, connected to physical and psychological well being. So when we when we exercising and stuff like that, it brings about Consistent strength into the vasotone because you got your your abdomen and your your center right here that is uh, connected to the vagus nerve. Then also the um, brainstem and the cerebellum is connected to the vagus nerve and it brings about a higher sense of of positive emotions. The low vasotone index is connected to that inflammation and depression. Uh, negative moods, uh, loneliness, all these different types of things affect that affect the vaginal uh, tone and cause it to be depleted even more. So that goes back to that um, um, destructive interference from faulty signals like toxins or a traumatic event that we might be thinking about to happen or even um, our thoughts in general. You know what I'm saying? It might be negative or based on fight or flight responses or have the effect of the fight or flight response being brought to the table. Positive emotions actually bring about a better physical health, but also emotional and mental health as well. So that, and that come from, that's coming from a spiritual perspective. So all those are bridged in together by way that deep breathing, conscious deep breathing. It, again, breath is spirit. and spirit is intelligence. So that goes into the spiritual realm. As it comes down from the spiritual realm, it fills into the mental, the mind, and then into the emotions, energy, emotion, and then brings about the physical reality. So that physical health can be positive, can be brought good, can be brought to homeostasis, or brought to a better standing of positive emotions. These emotions uh, can also bring about negative emotions, can bring about a negative downslide within the baggage nerve or whatnot. But uh, in 2010, a group of, uh, doctors got together from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and they tapped into the vagus nerve, and they found that a high bathroom tone index was part of a feedback loop between positive emotions, physical health, and positive social connections. So they found out that in their research, again, that these positive emotions and robust social connections and their physical health forms, one another in the self-sustaining upward spiral dynamic and feedback the scientists are just beginning, beginning to start to understand. So they found out that the baggage nerve and the baggage tone became stronger because they had positive emotions, they had good physical health and positive social connections. So when our environment is conducive of growth, then our physical nature within will be conducive to good health or conducive to growth as well, that tree, because the roots are strong, because due to our positive social interactions, good friends, good family, you know, then our physical health is good because we're we're eating right, we're um, exercising, and then our emotions are good, basically because those ripple effects is causing constructive interference, and we, get, we become more powerful due to all those different interactions being positive and constructive versus, you know, destructive. By having You know, destructive will be equivalent to having negative social connections and friends that ain't so so called friends or frenemies, which is basically the friend in your me, or the enemy, the enemy inside that now I'm pointing my finger at this person saying it's their fault and that's going to cause more trauma in life versus taking 100% of whatever it is and saying this is, I'm, I'm doing this because I am connected to all these things externally. So therefore it can't just be that person or this situation or this event or whatever. You know, all things are energy and everything is if everything is energy or everything is from that field, remember the soul um, generating force of matter is the field. So through their research, they found positive emotions and good connections and physical health strengthen the tone So what you can do is you reflect on positive, social connections and and then you know just think about it through meditation and it will increase your badger tone think about good things good thoughts happy thoughts you know exercise um uh, while thinking about good thoughts think about your reps think about your breath but are you doing that you know just uh don't just be thinking about well you know i gotta pay this bill and i'm exercising or whatnot or you know, while you're driving down the road, don't, don't think about repay that bill, or we keep them lights on. But we should not be, even if it's a, a movie we're watching, or uh, there's a movie that I want to watch, uh, we shouldn't just put all of our energy towards that, the viewing of this movie, and then we'll, we'll be watching some episodes on TV, which is all based on repetition and pattern, and you know, those patterns, those behavior patterns, again, are, are, are in conjunction to. How um, we become, in, we, we go back into that semi-conscious uh, zombie state because we're in a um, again ninety-five percent of most people in this world today are living a semi-conscious or are, are basing their reality on semi-conscious behavior or memories, and, you know saying so that we learn. At a child's age, or from zero to seven, zero to six, they're formed by personality. Most people today are still in their seven year old mind or 14 year old mind. They haven't grown from that. Now, you know, and there's no fault of their own, but that's because of perception, well, basically, again. But okay, so if our perception is based on, um. on the subconscious learned behavior and not the conscious creative reprogramming that we have the ability to do when we are conscious of things that we've done and we notice those things, then it can be um, somewhat hazardous. You know what I'm saying? So that's where meditation is is very important or is key in the interchange or the um, basically the metamorphosis of that energy, you know what I mean? So what is meditation? It ain't what you think. Like, I always say that, but because people, you know, we think about when we think about meditation, as we said, you know, it ain't about thoughts and everything. It's pretty much being able to transcend our thoughts because they're transitory anyway. They're fleeting. Our thoughts, they're not permanent. and Most of them aren't even ours. You know, to the experiences that we went through, but they're not. We can't own. We shouldn't try to own the majority of them. You know what I'm saying? Who cares about what's going on in the media? I mean, it's some things going on out there, but it's all good. You know what I'm saying? I don't build on it. I really can't because you know I, I know what I know, so I don't know too much about that stuff because I don't. I don't. I don't know. New do television. Uh, quite often on a sit down like that. There's too much going on, you know, personally for me. For my perception, you know what I'm saying, as far as my conscious perception is concerned, I'd rather not sit down and and, and listen to, you know, whatever it is that's taking place in social media, media. Too often anyway, I get the I get bits and pieces, but too much of it can be hazardous as well and detrimental to the growth. And, you want good sunlight, water on the tree. You know, you want to feed them roots the proper elements. You know what I'm saying? From the ground up. But uh, if what I'm putting in there it got some toxicity in it, then you know, and then my mind ain't right. I ain't thinking properly. You know, and I know I already went through traumatic events from the past or whatever. Then it, my harnessing of that um, higher potential or the the conscious manifestation will be obstructed. It may be blocked for a while, you know. It may not even happen that way because of, you know, as life moves and how life moves and is based on, you know, life and and death, if you will. But that transition, I don't like to say die because die means basically acronym could mean death, ignorance, and emotions. But if I'm ignorant and I plan my life on my energy and emotion, then it's going to lead to death, basically, without um, participating, performing, and uh, uh, completing that task, whatever that goal may be. You know what I'm saying? But be happy. First and foremost, be happy. That is the main goal in life. Happiness ain't going to come from achieving a goal. Happiness has to be inner happiness, inner peace, hotel, if you will, nirvana. You know what I'm saying? So that inner happiness, inner peace is not going to be gathered from no external object. You know what I'm saying? Man, woman, child, um, car, radio, um, rims, house, leather couch, um, you know, and a big bunch of clothes in the closet. That's not going to make us happy. That's superficial, it's fleeting, It's, it's not permanent. You know, I can access all this stuff and, and feel a certain type of way and release certain hormones. By having those things, we can, you know what I mean? But that's not where happiness starts from. Happiness has no real objective platform, it's all interconnected by way of energy, but the energy doesn't reflect on happiness like the census does. We give energy its purpose. As far as it in the, in the connection with the emotions by our behavioral patterns, you know, so meditation, from most perspectives, it can better your life and all that, but it's not based on that. It's, it's, it's about training in awareness and getting used to our perspective. You know, in, in in that mindful relation with all things, we ain't really trying to turn the thoughts off, like I said, because they're fleeting. They're it's going, they're going to come and go, but we learn how to observe our thoughts. And then when we observe them, we're not being judgmental of whatever took place, but we're judging mind, judging mental. You know what I'm saying? If we don't pass judgment on. Yesterday, I and mean, we ain't passing judgment on tomorrow. We're just sitting in that moment and contemplating, you know, saying meditating on what it is. But then we just go back into that moment to better understand that or understand what is taking place. And with meditation, is not like somebody just going to just jump up and start doing it. It is a skill, it's a task. It's a it's a technology, if you will. You know, skill meaning technology or technology. I mean, to study skills is just like exercising any type of muscle on your body or any type of uh, work that has to be performed to um, perfect something. It takes consistency, again, assertiveness to stick to it. You know what I'm saying? It's something that must be done in order to see the results and see uh, what, how it can be positive, how can the energy is positively affected. Has to be done with consistency, and it takes a little minute, you know. What I'm saying to get really attuned to it and um, find favor in it to where you be wanting to do it all the time, you know, really at least three to five times a week. Um, come back to that. So as we as you meditate and everything, you get comfortable with it, remember you are healing yourself physically, but you're also emotionally and mentally, and that all is in flux with your your interconnection with the spirit. So we start from the base or the physical apparatus to get back to what is already there, the intelligence. And by doing it consciously, it is uh more effective you know what i'm saying versus going to someone like a hypnotist or something like that and, and interacting with your energy and have that interface directly versus indirectly you know what i'm saying you're getting direct information by directly tapping into your energy your personal space right here right now versus like going to you know to some a doctor or a teacher or a I mean,
3: you do want to learn
1: certain things on this conscious path that may have to come from someone else. But when you get that information, accessing that information is going to take the due diligence of that physical activity um, by you. You know, I got information from someone, like when I got uh, information from Dr. Aleem and and Kadir to file my papers. They couldn't go file my paper for me. Not like that, you know what I'm saying? I had to put my name on there, you know, put my put my blood and sweat into that and you know, walk in there with that light on and, and, you know, here you go. click the courts, you know, whatever. and Put that in there, document that, stamp that, give it back, and there we go. You know what I'm saying? You know, certain things you're going to have to walk into, but like your meditation, you can learn these things from me or whoever it may be that you learning from. But to, to access it and to see what it's going to do for you, you're going to have to do it on a constant basis. Like, you know what I'm saying? For real, for real. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. I wish I could have learned 108 pastas in the Tai Chi Yang form in a week. You know, but even in Shaolin, when as far as what my instructor has taught me, when he was in the monastery, they taught him in three years. He had to go through the three years of training and learning this the Tachi formed it out I learned from him in three years. He taught it to me and his students here in America in one year because, you know, we on that on go. Uh, you know, we so uh, <laughs> attention deficit is what they say, but we have so much energy in certain aspects that we uh we we tend to lose uh our attention span. We were fast here. It might be because that fast food, I don't know. All right, let's do things. So where were we? You um, know, how meditation is uh, very key in certain aspects of, of life. You know, just being able to concentrate and and a focus on a single point in our life versus all those things going on randomly. You know what I'm saying? They call it multitasking, which is not healthy. We need to focus and, and take the bull by the horn. Don't take ten bulls by the horn at the same time. We're gonna be trampled. Take that one bull by the horn and ride the bull out. And when we that bull get tired from us riding, or whatever, look at the other bulls. You know, and then complete that. You know what I'm saying? But just being um, being focused on that single point of activity in our life. You know that is, is well. Meditation helps with that because you you can. Bring about mindful meditation, if you will, which would be like just being able to breathe in and out and um, the tension is to not get involved with the thought. Let's let the thought go. Don't judge just be Like oh, I see that. You know, be like, thank you, thought. Was, I really enjoyed you. Now you can go on your merry way and just give it a hug, basically. You know, so after a few, a few uh, episodes of mindful meditation, kind being able to concentrate on certain things like the breath or a word like watching it, hey, nigga, Watch um, Like those power words or hakus, mantras, it will bring about a, a very positive influence that will affect your energy. Your energy. You know what I'm saying? The that, that intelligence within you. So inside intelligence, again, is inside God or I, the all-seeing I, you know, the watch it, the head not guru, watch it. The ahuru, the protection speaks to the genetics or the genes. You know what I'm saying? From a certain perspective, not like the genes in what geneticists say, you know, we we inherit the genes of our, our father and mother and whatnot, but you yeah, we're gonna get sick because they sick. But basically, the genetics, the information, but inside, of we speak, or that that protection that God essence speaks to the genes through that power word, like Wajit it, head, not the rule." head, not the Again, means the infinite. Emerald light of the intelligence and being mindful of that while we're breathing in and out. And is it, you know, we're affecting the vagus nerve and we're seeing pleasant thoughts, or we're having you know, we can even envision a, a sunrise or a sunset, a happy moment with a loved one, you know, an event that we went to, like India <laughs> the India concert or the show over there, you know, some certain things like that to bring us about of good positive. Exchange of energy it is very effective in our growth externally as well. All right, all right. Yep, 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 yep. All right, we're gonna go and get down here to the grip again. Um. Into what watch it heading not the room, how it uh, can affect us, positive, Well, different attributes of, of uh, or health benefits, if you will, of watching heading out the room. Meditation. Then we're going to go into it one more time before closing out and shutting it down. For the evening, or shutting it up. Somebody been going in and out upstairs like for a minute. I hear that doorbell in the back door. Front door, they just got a new alarm system. Well, my mom's just got a new alarm system. So I'm here at my mom's house, if you already know. Um, I live here now, if you, if you will. I have a house. My house has been taken over by my children, my two sons. But that's not, that's the area. I'm here with my grandma. I help her. I'm like the co-caretaker <laughs> with my grandma. thanks, I, I I love her life. <laughs> you know, I, I love her whole life. I love that expression. It makes more sense than I love her to death. I love you I, I love her whole life. You know what I'm saying? Love, love their life. Love your ancestors, your elders. Love their life. Don't be in disagreement and disentangle but when they pass on. They're going through the transition. Agree with. Hug them. Hug that tree. Give them all the the reverence and all the veneration and respect that is due. Because even if they ain't doing what you want them to do in this wall, somehow one way way or another, they've done something right because we here. You know what I mean? So don't burn the bridges that we cross and always look behind you to see how far you come. All right? So yeah, uh, yeah, I help out with my grandma. I'm not up there right now, but I have uh, my nephews. I guess somebody been going in and out. You know, they're taking care of things. Just not my grandma, that's for sure. Uh, I, love, I love, I love, her whole life. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So get back to what I was about to do here. Gonna go into different. Uh, well, what? Uh, the Wajin meditation can do for us, or does for us. Okay, again, head not the, the infinite emerald light of uh, the intelligence. It is uh, a breath and alternate nostril breathing type of meditation. Um, it creates heat and purification, basically. Um, just like when heat is being blown by the bellows to, well, air is being blown by the bellows to create heat to purify iron, like we was talking about earlier. And it mean, it's meant to like purify the mind from all that clutter, you know, all that overthinking or the the blockages, you know, the energy blockages that are in the body that generate or basically initiate from the mind. You know, it is, we are what we think, you know what I mean? So our perception can um, build us or it can break us. You know, it can be constructive or it can be destructive. So watch it, head not guru includes both rapid inhalation as well as exhalation. So watch, it, head not guru, rah, to, you know, the, the um, lower abdomen going in and out. So this, is, it helps increase the circulation of the blood in the entire body. During that rapid and forced exhalation, the chest is being compressed, thereby pushing the blood towards the head. During the inhalation, the reverse takes place and pushes back down. The blood goes back down. So this process increases the blood flow to every part of your body, which increases the vitality of all the organs and tissues and what's connected to all things. Energy, you know what I'm saying? So that energy, you know, the vital essence or the vital energy is getting an uh, exercise, and the exercise. So, the long-term practice of the Vajjahedna Guru purifies the body and also awakens the inert, inherent higher powers within the mind. So, during the Vajjahedna Guru exercise um, or the meditation, the increase in the blood flow causes a slight rise in body temperature, which also accompanied with the mild sweating, which reduces the temperature because of that water, you know, preparation, the rain comes after the the heat index has been increased. So when that takes place, it keeps the body at a normal temperature. A lot of the, some of the Washington Cemetery techniques either increases or decreases the body temperature. Some of the ones I introduced like uh, if you've done um this the six healing sounds some of those like the heart even the heart um massage stimulates a little heat you know they repetitiveness, repetitive it's the five elements uh a uh, it different is a few different exercises that generate a low standard or high standard of temperature within the body but this one regulates it watch your head, your head regulate the regulate the temperature energy uh, scale within the body. Uh, Watching head and out the room can be practiced both in the morning and evening. In the summertime, if it's outside like it has been here lately, it's best to practice in the morning um, due to the heat thing, but also due to the energy level of what heat brings in the summertime. Or, you know what I'm saying, you know, people to do more in the summer than we do in the winter, but that's because of the heart energy. So, if I'm doing it in the evening before rest, it's already going to be bringing in energy, you know what I'm saying. It, it relaxes the body as well because you're cooling it off. But if, I, if it's in the summertime, we're going to rest I doing do and watch your head and out the roof. You know, it's stimulating all the organs so that we won't get as peaceful of a rest as we would in the wintertime. When those organs are not going to have as much heart energy flowing through it, you know what I'm saying. So, in the winter time, in the summertime, it's hot outside, like like 85, 90 degrees, 100 degrees. It's best to do it in the morning, keep it tight like that. It is it just why hey, why should head naga rule meditations? It is an advanced practice, and it should be done on an empty stomach. After evacuation in the morning, also after washing the face and brushing the teeth, like I mentioned earlier, those who take up up this practice for a prolonged period of time should not eat like should eat like meals in the morning and at night, and then lunch can be normal. Because if you practice it in the morning, you don't want much on your stomach digest. You don't really want anything on I mean, it. That's why I didn't eat today. Uh, when I when I meditate. Is usually after I evacuate, of course, and wash my face and brush my teeth or wash my teeth and brush my face. You know, I, um, I use normally after that. So I'll um, be clear and I'm pure. you know, basically not putting any toxins, any, or prolonging along with that process of trying to get those toxins out. All right, so, um, and from there, oh, yeah, um. This is a good note right here. If you have heart disease or are suffering with any type of heart problems, um, don't do this technique, right? Like I said, it's very advanced. You need to have a healthy body, you know, as far as the heart and lungs are concerned. It's a good way to get blockages out of the nasal passage. So that's lung energy, but that's for acute problems. Um, Chronic issues, you know, take it up with a doctor first. You know, and if you do have an acute problem, like it just flared up, don't practice the vashid, not the voodoo, at that moment. Wait until it clears and then go back into your practice. Like acute asthma or a fever or something like that might happen. Uh, you know, within the lung system, wait until after you clear up the phlegm and everything and then go back into your practice because you still had those blockages. But, it, it, you know, do it lightly. And if it's not very severe type of, uh, problem, you know, chronic means is always there, you know, it's accumulating, you don't go away, it's chronic, acute means just you know, slips you, you know maybe every three, four months or whatever it is has out to two, three days but uh, don't go into it too active with it if you are doing going to participate with this meditation uh, surgeries, if you had any surgeries, talk to your doctor about it, you know, you tell them you meditate and you do this one meditation where he's bellows breathing and and you utilize different parts of your heart and lungs, depending on where the surgery is, you know, you best just do, like, deep breathing exercises without doing a fellow breath uh, inside of that. And this meditation can be intense for some people. And so if you do have any pre-existing medical conditions, you still may want to consult your doctor before taking that practice on this thing. Here are some of the benefits of Why it here not do meditation? Um, It increases the oxygen content in the blood. Extra oxygen replenishes the whole body, including the skin, a speak organism on the body. It removes blockages in the nose and chest. It is also good for asthma patients due to having the ability to remove inflammation within the throat, like I was saying. But that's not when you're going through an acute asthma um, crisis. You know, if you have chronic asthma and it's ongoing, you might not want to practice this until you, it, 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 until you build your way up, like just do the um, off to the nostril breathing. Um, Watching head not guru increases the gastro, gastric combustions and improves the appetite. go back into the vagus nerve. You know what I'm saying, well, how, what we're speaking on. It also generates heat in the body and keeps the, it warm in cold weather. So practicing this in the morning before you go out and, and just stimulate heat within your body, or if you're out in the cold, you can just do it in the car. You can do it, you know. You know, some people see you doing a white room out in the public, like at work in the middle of lunch, they might think you're crazy, but you tell them, hey, at least I'm warm. All right. So it improves general health overall and activates all the organs. It purifies the energy channels within the body ensuring a pure flow of energy to all the organs you um, know is a great has great spiritual benefits because it breaks through the three knots so here we go the three knots that bind the soul these knots are located within those three document glands i was talking about earlier at the base of the spine the gonads the testes at the heart region the thymus gland region and at the mid eye region the pituitary gland so Remember, what we do is we, we activate and access all three of those ramps. One hand, the hand, lower hand with the thumb on top of the index finger, pressing towards the middle finger. The index finger will be at the, at the index finger, on the index finger, and pressing down and inside that. That's going to activate, by the hand being there at that point, it's activating the more the dollar or the suket, the base energy, um, or the um, the, um, the prostate or uh, uh, uterus, and then it goes up into the heart energy. When we bring our hands down here, the first part we unlocking the heart energy right there, the thymus gland. That's the heart region, and then when we're putting our finger at the mid eye region, and we press the the index finger at the mid eye region that's located. Whereas the pituitary gland or the first eye is located, and also to the energy to flow towards the pineal gland, those are the three the three knots. So these emotional mental knots block the indivisible bull cells evolution when they're blocked. So by doing this, watching Hena Guru, it breaks through those three knots and those three adoring glands.